Welcome to The Golden Light, hosted by Asset Management Group, myself, Andrew Nida, with Luis Perron. My man, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Had a great night last night. You ought to be good. <laughs> Not just from last night, but because you just returned from Costa Rica. Uh, that's right. Yes. Uh, my wife, Amber, and I uh, took a week-long vacation to Costa Rica. So it was amazing. I mean, yeah, you we, can't beat that. We, we, we did everything. We went to a, a local farm, went on a, uh, it's called the Mystic Bridge. Um, yeah, it's called Mystic Bridge, and so it's like seven hanging bridges over across the rainforest. Oh, that's crazy. And you know Amber. Oh, well, you don't know. Amber may, is afraid of heights. Oh, yeah. And so that first bridge, yeah. man, she was. Oh, it's good, it's good to get tested, right? <laughs> she was tested. But, uh, yeah, it was an amazing trip. Poor amazing Amber. Trip. Yeah. Costa Rica is like, um, it's got a little bit of everything. It you does. Know? It's got the volcanoes, the mountains, the rainforest, the, the beaches. And you guys saw a whale, too. Like, that's crazy. A, a family of whales. That yeah. was amazing. I mean, everyone yeah. on the beach was just, you know, eyes focused, locked in, phones going. Because, I mean, it was pretty, they were pretty close. Yeah. They were yeah, really sure. close. Good videos from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we went, we went to Costa Rica, it must have been probably, I guess, 20, 2022. I think that was year 2022. And, um, it's, you know, we used to live there, Yeah, obviously. I know Amber's mentioned that to you. We used to live there when we were kids. And then, of course, so we, we grew up kind of going back from year to year. Dad being in the mission field, you know, getting back and doing some mission work there in Costa Rica, country of Panama. But Costa Rica was, you know, it's just like, I don't know what it is. It's the culture, the people, or what. But it's like a place that, you know, I, I would love to own property there one day. Yes. You know, just kind of like an escape, yes, if you yes, will. Yes, yes, you know. Yeah, Amber and I, we're, we're all in. We're all in. So oh, I'm yeah, sure you we're, are. We're, <laughs> so we're looking at possibly getting some property over there and using it as a vacation spot, but also airbnb being it. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we it's my third time going. She's lived there, so it's uh, it's going to be part of our, our life for a while. Yeah. Well. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, You know, I had an eventful week, too. You know, <laughs> I went, traveled through COVID and uh, stayed right here <laughs> in my house. Yeah. No, we, um, yeah, man, got got hit with COVID a little bit, but that's okay. Can't, that's okay. Can't keep us down. Uh, Amy got it, unfortunately, too, but she's back on her feet. So, good, good. Yeah, back good. at, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between a sinus infection and, and COVID and a flu at that's this right. point. You know, that's you right. just... Regardless, though, what I have figured out is that if you go see a doctor at this point, it's just a matter of knowing what you have, and they send you right back home. They send you back home, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like just get over it, you know. Yeah, so. something, there's nothing you can do at that point. Right. So now we've been doing good, and, um, you know, it's it's been a good start to the year, though. Here at the firm, obviously, we've been working on a lot, and um, this is one of the new things that we've been working on is getting to a place where we could deliver high-quality content, uh, you know, not to just people in our community, but also to any of those that would like to uh, join our YouTube channel and, and our podcast show. And so um, it's been a it's been an investment to, to get to where we are now. But I'm hoping this is one of many high quality shows that we're able to deliver just to the general public. Yeah. High quality education, good content, um, not just about the markets and not just about equities and not just about investing. Uh, but more so life in general, challenges that we may face, obviously with a core-centric uh, focus on on finance, but, um, you know, just people, really. Yeah, I mean, I think the, that all encompasses in the name the golden life. You know, it's not just about money. It's what that money can do for you, but also uh, just life in general, right? I mean, how to live a purpose-driven life in a, in a life that's just more about not just you, your family, but your friends, your community, mm -hmm. and overall you know, bringing in, encapsulating all of that into a fantastic life, uh, not just today, but moving forward. Yeah. So yes, the golden life. That's why, you know, we chose the name. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
you're right. Finances, when it comes to money, money's a tool, you know, and it can be used for a, a lot of different things. I remember, um, I can't remember exactly where I read this, but 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 money doesn't actually change a person. It just magnifies who they already are. Yes, I've heard that before. Yeah, have you heard that before? Yeah, and and so you know, if you're naturally a, a generous person, money typically makes you more generous. Mm-hmm. If you're a greedy person, money can make you more greedy. And so you know, money's oftentimes a tool that exposes. Uh, or magnifies what what naturally lies within. So, yeah, just you know, m- giving some good guidance and some tools on on how to just be a good steward of what you've been blessed with, um, and you know, if you have the lack of, if you will, how to make the right steps to get to a different place, different position in your life. Yeah, I was speaking to a client earlier this week, and uh, over the last year, his wife actually took on a new position and doubled her salary. Wow, doubled. Wow, doubled her salary. And so I asked him, you know, did you fall into the trap of new income, higher income, all of a higher sudden, lifestyle. higher lifestyle? And yeah. he said he has, him and his wife, have tried to stay within the realms of the life they had before. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going they're going to change is the possibility of their, their son going to private school. Uh, but out, outside of that, they've kept, you know, their, their savings mindset, their investing mindset, and not really having all these frivolous expenses. Yeah, so keep doing it, a good job. Keeping that uh, Dave Ramsey mentality, yes, right? Yes, locked in. Um, well, let's jump in. You want to jump into just kind of a quick market recap yeah, sure. of last week, and um, you know a lot of different data that came in with the CPI and PCI and earnings. You know, a lot of good news. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's good news, but a lot of news anyway <laughs> over the last week. So hit us off here, Mo. Yeah, uh, you mentioned CPI. Uh, so yeah, CPI for January came back a little higher than than we expected. You know, 0.3% month over month, and core uh, CPI was uh, also uh, 0.39 month over month. And that was um, tougher than what the market really expected or what the consumers really expected. And uh, inflation is still that naggy um, irritant that the Jet Jerome Powell's trying to solve, getting back to 2%. Mm. And the, the markets really took, were, were shook by it. You know, it was yeah. definitely higher than we anticipated. You know, retail sales were uh, declining. And so um, that uh, that's another thing that we've been trying to figure out. You know, with with inflation going as high as it has been, the consumer has been still strong. And yeah. so to see retail sales drop a little bit was, an, again, another kind of uh, uh, shift that the market wasn't ready for. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when it comes to the Federal Reserve, they came out what in January mm-hmm. and really tried to temper down the expectation of rate cuts throughout the year. I think we, we you know, the markets were pricing in somewhere around like six or seven rate cuts throughout yeah. year 2024, and it just you know completely unrealistic in all reality. And I think you know the Feds came out in January and kind of like tempered expectation and said, hey, you know, take a step back. We're not going to move too quick. If we, you know, if you're going to see anything, I'm reading between the lines here, but likely you know, maybe 1% or so uh, total pullback in, mm-hmm. in interest rates, maybe by you know, November uh, of 2024. So, um, you know, in light of a, an election year, right, we, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know how much substance you want to put to it, <laughs> but there's a lot of, you know, uh, consistencies, if you will, that flows al- along with, you know, performance of, of the equity market, uh, the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, um, in, in you know, kind of, what, 88% of the time, the S&P 500's typically up, equities are typically up. Yep. Uh, the normal trend is that Q1, Q2 is somewhat sluggish. And, you know, coming out of uh, a year like 2023, where, you know, I think you and I both would agree here at Asset Management Group that, you know, equities, especially large cap growth, 
typically overbought at this point or priced high for sure. Right. I mean, I think that's fact. It hit all-time highs. It has Matter of fact, just last week. It so, continues to hit different highs. It, yeah, yeah, it continues to hit all-time highs. So uh, maybe some room for some pullback potentially. And that, could, and that pullback is probably healthy. You know, right. for it's for uh, for an extent, right? I mean, historically, when you see you know five consecutive weeks of of market highs or at least positive uh, weeks in a market consecutively, uh, that has only happened you know a handful of times since like I think post World War II. I think it's like thirteen mm-hmm. times that's happened. Think about that. I mean, that's that's great. That's a that's like eighty years, and it's only hit. It's only done that like thirteen times. So, I think a pullback is is natural and healthy. Um, not a straight decline like a five percent pullback but i think a healthy two percent pullback is probably is uh, is really healthy for the market yeah absolutely i think so at this point too. get some pricing you, you know, know corrections and readjustments and alignments and get you know I, I think some people get a little you know uh the consumers get a little hesitant when you start to see markets hitting all-time highs all-time highs they say well let me just sit back and wait for some type of pullback um which can be a little you know, you never want to time the market ever, right? right? But I think this it's a healthy respect for the market. But I think also in light of, you know, such a push in, in large cap growth, you know, a lot of those earnings and a lot of that uh, appreciation in stock price is a result of, you know, a handful of companies. That's right. You know, so so it's not that every company out there is doing well. Matter of fact, if we look at, you know, small cap companies, I think it's been the sentiment surrounding small cap and small business hasn't been that great. Hasn't been. You know, truth be told. And you look at some of these major companies that are really, you know, we heard last year, the Magnificent Seven, some of these major companies now pushing, you know, the, the S&P 500 forward. I mean, you know, do you take uh, Microsoft as an example? What Microsoft now officially what the largest company, largest company yep. in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm trying to remember, you know, how much they make up of the S&P 500, but it's it's pretty darn significant. It is. You know, um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to this. OK. Market capitalization for Microsoft. Now the world's most valuable company, three point one trillion. Mm. OK. Nearly twice the size of the entire S&P 500 energy sector. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. You know, so you're seeing, yes, we're seeing all-time highs um, in the S&P, but remember, S&P 500 is a cap-weighted index, Mm -hmm. okay? So it's carrying a lot of that momentum as a result of uh, being influenced by some of these major companies. Take a shift to small cap. Small cap companies, we said, the the temperament, if you will, around small cap companies hasn't been that great. No, it hasn't. You know, and maybe because... Well, and, and the challenge there is that, you know, our economy ultimately runs predominantly by small businesses, by small business. Yeah. 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 And, you know, yeah, small, co- small companies have 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 small cap companies have just been very, very, you know, hit hard recently over the last call it two years. Really, it, it's you know, we saw a little bit of momentum uh, at the end of 23, 2024 hasn't really been that much of a of a. Um, uh, a parade for for lack of a better words and you know when, when you look at the the pressure that lending and these and high interest rates and uh you know some of the banking issues that we've had um the impact that it, it trickles down to small businesses the sentiment isn't really that great right and for an investor when you start to ask yourself you know if you're a growth investor where do you see growth over the next two three four five years um, do you want to go into this area where artificial intelligence is really starting to make a play? 
Um, largely, you're seeing the, the Magnificent Seven. Most of them, if not all of them, have a, some type of a tech, artificial intelligence pull to it, oh, and sure. the, the market is gravitating towards it. But I would say, if you are uh, a if you're an investor and not a stock picker, right, you still see some value in small caps. You're going to have to be a little bit patient. You're going to be patient. Um, you can still scour in the small cap space mm-hmm. and find some good quality companies. Um, I saw a company the other day. Um, it's a funny name. It's called uh, I think it's called Super Microcomputer. It's an actual name of a company. Super. <laughs> Did you read that somewhere? Y- yeah, I saw I it. I want to say I. It's called Super Microcomputer, and uh, it's it, it kills it. It's killing it. You know, it's up like three hundred percent in one day, something like that. But yeah, there's still some value there um, with with small caps being beat up over the last you know few like I said almost two years now. Uh, you could look at it as an opportunity. Right. Valuations are pretty low. And if you, again, if you can find opportunity there, getting him, you might have to be patient, but it might turn out to be positive for you over the next two years or so. Maybe yeah, three I years. would agree with you. You know, AI technology, this, this is just my personal opinion yeah. right here, okay? But AI technology, um, as um, incredible as it already is with what we know about it. Right. And what we know, at least the potential, what that type of technology can do and create for businesses, industries, manufacturing, um, across the board. I would be- I have to believe, um, at least the way that I'm understanding it, it, that some small cap companies now have the ability, potentially, if they leverage AI technology the right way, um, to compete in bigger um, market sizes, if you will. Uh, because otherwise, what, what took a lot of resources, what took a lot of staff, uh, what took a lot of uh, infrastructure to, to go and try to gain greater cap size or greater, uh, absorb greater positions in the market, now can be leveraged with technology. Mm-hmm. Technology, obviously, expensive, but not as expensive as manpower. Yeah. You know, and let's just be honest here. So I think small cap companies, like you said, you may have to be patient, but if you're an aggressive investor, a growth investor, um, over the next two, three, four years, there may be, you know, significant opportunity seeing the growth of some of these companies that now have the ability to participate and ultimately, you know, fight for some of that position in the market. So I'm with you hundred percent. I think if you're an aggressive investor and you have the time to be patient, you know, there's opportunity. And, and, and as a reminder, there's always opportunity out there. You know, here at Asset Management Group, we believe that ultimately money doesn't leave the market. It just moves from different sectors chasing opportunity or protection, uh, depending on market volatility and market sentiment. So we're just trying to, you know, not necessarily follow the money, but we're looking for opportunity. And, and when, you, when you have that type of mindset, it's there. So even though you may be afraid of large cap growth right now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to see an uptick in high quality dividend. All right. You know, there's mm-hmm. opportunity there. You just got to make sure that you're positioned well for it. And that's what we're doing here at Asset Management Group. So, NVIDIA. <laughs> oh, man. What came out? Uh, it came just, out. Yeah. It, it, we've been waiting. You know, I think the market has been waiting for um, NVIDIA's earnings um, uh, report. And they, in my opinion, blew it out the water. Yeah. You know, over 5% um, earnings per share. Uh, Twenty-two billion dollars in uh, in earnings for last quarter, uh, revenue for ahead last of quarter ahead of expectation. That's so, sick. yeah, I mean, it's it's they are the leader when it comes to obviously semiconductors and uh, artificial intelligence, and it, they've they've just been on a roll and they've been on a roll. And and, and if you 
going back to the, the conversation about being patient, if you look at the ride NVIDIA has done over the last, I mean, last, I think last year, 23, 22, when everything was going down, you know, we, that's probably where the the rolling recession we've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at this. This is this, this is, is a live, live show. This is a live show. <laughs> um, but when you look at the the rolling recession that we've talked about in the past of uh, technology stocks in in 2022, uh, Nvidia was down almost like 60, 70 percent. Right. And so there goes the opportunity. Did you find it as an opportunity to invest, or did you bail? Mm -hmm. And if you found it as an opportunity, you, you, you maybe went double down, mm -hmm. and now you've rolled this momentum wave. And so, uh, yeah, they've done a, you know, as a company, they've done a great job. Um, you know, they've talked about they have, they said that, in, and I'm going to paraphrase this, they have more customers right now than they have inventory. That's a great position to be in. That's absurd. You know? So, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, That's again. like, it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, in, all, in all honesty, NVIDIA is an incredible company. Yeah. Incredible company. With Microsoft, they came in at, what, $60 billion of annualized free cash flow? Wow. Yeah. Significant. Wow. You know, I want to say something real quick that's applicable to, to the viewers of the show and, and listeners of our radio show as well. And that is... You mentioned something about the the fall of NVIDIA back in, what, 2022, right. and then the return of its stock price over that time frame. A, a similar trend with a lot of, you know, large-cap growth companies, right. tech companies specifically. Um, when, it, when it comes to managing risk for you guys, um, that's, a, that's obviously a big question. You know, we, we often tell our clients that the hardest thing that we do here is not managing assets. Okay, managing models is what we were taught to do. It's what we're trained to do. So building out model design, creating um, the models that we manage, the tax-efficient sleeves that we, that we deliver, um, that's oftentimes more of the easier thing that yeah. we do here just because we're trained to do it. The, the, the more challenging thing, though, is managing uh, clients' expectation oftentimes, and, and this isn't a bad thing, oftentimes because clients don't even know what they already expect. Okay, so they don't, they don't even understand mm -hmm. how they're or why they're expecting what they expect. And so when it comes to risk, over the last several years, we've all been tested, every one of us. Right. Uh, when it comes to being through different valleys emotionally, um, uh, financially, you know, and, and obviously potentially a lot of different other areas, uh, we've all been affected by COVID. Okay, we all probably know someone that's lost someone from COVID. We all have faced financial uh, difficulties as a, you know, at least the unpredictable financial concerns when you go through someone something like COVID or, you know, people losing jobs, et cetera. So when you're thinking about risk, there's so many different elements that that really um, create this profile for a client. It's not a matter of asking a question on a scale of one to 10. Uh, yes. Are you conservative? <laughs> or are you aggressive? And so I will tell you, you know, whether whether you are uh, self-managing your own assets or you're potentially working with a financial advisor, um, no matter what your situation is, having a tool that's really going to uh, challenge your way of thinking ahead uh, so that you have the ability to, to buy in and trust the process is significant uh, to seeing success in your wealth long term. A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, you got to trust the process. You got to have, a, you have to have a process. Right. Right. And, and, and I think the you made a good point. Expectations, you know, um, you know, when, when, when 
I think some people have an ex- expectation that the market moves in a linear cycle, in a linear fashion, mm-hmm. where you know you've, you've all heard S and P five hundred returns over the last what thirty years is somewhere around ten percent, and so I think some some investors think that that means I'm getting a ten percent return every single year, that's my expectation, but that's not true, right? I think that ten percent average is an average, right. and so there may be some peaks and some valleys throughout that throughout that journey, and. Yes, your expectation could be the return, but do you have that own self-expectation of being able to handle that volatility mm-hmm. and stay the course, stay along the process? And I think that's the the behavioral finance that we you know have to coach our clients on is you know going back to the plan, reminding them of the plan, and even sometimes it's just like okay, maybe we are taking a little more risk than you are emotionally available to to handle. Your plan can handle that aggressiveness or that growth-oriented tilt, but can you personally manage that Mm -hmm. volatility? And if not, then it's not a big deal. It's just kind of going back to the drawing board and just say, okay, well, let's let's go back, revisit the plan, and then now match your temperament with your investments. I think 100%. And and having a plan is necessary um, to building that confidence and that trust and belief in in what – your assets are doing in response to what you're trying to accomplish financially. Um, all right, so we have, what, eight minutes or so left in the show, and we want to introduce a fun topic today um, toward the end of the show, which is a topic on struggles with retiring early. Mm. Okay? Now, um, retiring early, man, listen, let, we all would love to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, mo- <laughs> let's just be honest. Most headed to Costa Rica tomorrow, okay, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> but you ain't there yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? That's right. So Costa Rica, I mean, you know, everybody has these dreams. Um, first off, let me say, it's, it is funny. Uh, we do this every single day, okay? And it is very interesting to watch someone actually transition into retirement. And you would be blown away how many people actually struggle transitioning to retirement. Yeah. Okay, now I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to get uh, too... Um, uh, spiritual here, but a lot of times, and we, we actually had a message about this, what's kind of coming to my mind. Um, our, our pastor talked about, you know, this is retirement really even mentioned in the Bible. And I think it's applicable for everybody. What I'm about to say, a lot of times we, we, we think, okay, I'm in my thirties, I'm forties, I'm fifties, early fifties, I'm grinding. I want to get to retirement, right? Um, but we're in a season of life where potentially we have children, life is busy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's things that we're not able to do. You get into your later 50s, early 60s, now all of a sudden, well, your kids are out of the house, they're off the payroll, th- hopefully. hopefully, you know, we're, we're praying for that, right? They're off, the, they're off dad's payroll, and, and they're off doing their own thing, they have their own lives, they're, they're now in the grind, and you think to yourself, well, what will I do, you know, in retirement? And if you haven't really planned for your life in retirement, forget the financial side. Just life in general. If you haven't planned for your life in retirement, you might be shocked as well. Um, Being a little bit uncomfortable and trying to figure out, okay, what does life even look like at Mm. this point for me? And and once again, as as we introduce the show— it's more than money. It's so much more. Matter of fact, more the, the money side of retirement is just the tool in which is going to support the life in which you want to live. Yeah. Right? But you have to think through that life because it's something you've never done before. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we've all been programmed and have a routine of a certain time that we wake up, 
certain time that we go into the office or you know work from home, whatever it may be, and then the time we unplug and go spend time with family, right, at the end of the day. Well, that retirement that most people are thinking about is th- that routine is gone. Mm-hmm. And now, now what do you do, right? I mean, if you think about how much hours, how many hours of the day you spend at your office or just working in that environment, now you remove that, now what do you do, right? Uh, so yeah, so you have to start planning about planning about the life that you want to have, the life that you want to live and lead much more sooner than just a, a an end date. 100%. Uh, uh, of 65 or whatever age it is. So retiring early, I mean, first of all, what what's early? I'd say the typical answer you get from someone of, of a normal retirement is 65, maybe 67, trying to align it with Social Security or Medicare. But I would say a retiring early is probably, what, 55 to somewhere in 60? 60, yeah. Somewhere in that window is like a, a retired early um, statement. So what do you do? Yeah, now, how do you how do you plan for that? I would say okay. So first and foremost, even though a lot of people you know may not be comfortable with the the concept of retirement when they get there, we still all want to try, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, still, we still want to shoot for that, you know. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm thinking of that song. You know, uh, it's um, I understand that being rich is like. You know, it, it's as tough to get to heaven as walking through the a camel through the eye of a needle. It's like, but I still want to try. I still want to try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could buy me a boat, right? Um, retiring early, man. It, you know, the the challenges ultimately, in my opinion, number one is is obviously health insurance. That's a big That's struggle a big that people face, right? Medicare, you're not eligible unless you're on disability to the age of sixty five, right? So, you know, and, and a lot of times maybe one spouse carries and retires at sixty five, but they have a younger spouse. So healthcare is obviously uh, a challenge there, um, and then second to that would be just early early pressure on the assets. You know, we talk a, a lot about this here at our firm with our clients, but you know, one's ability to retire is contingent on how much money they have in relationship to how much money they need. Okay, um, it's the pressure; it's a cash flow game. That's all, all right. it is. Okay, so when you think about creating a, a income structure with inside of a plan. Um, and you look at someone's ability to retire, it is contingent on having that asset there to fill the gap. Yeah. And and all you're doing is starting that sooner than later. And so you're not eligible for Social Security. You now probably need a little bit more income to cover health care expenses. Um, and potentially you may not have a house paid for. You may not because you may not, you know, may not be debt free at that point. So there are a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome with retiring sooner. Not to mention, now the asset has to cover a longer life ex- lifespan. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so these assets are really, you know, pushed to to cover yourself for simply longer because you're not retiring sooner. I will tell you when I believe that when you're looking at someone's retirement, and this is we could continue this conversation in the next week. Um, and, and maybe even provide some uh, answers to some of these concerns. But when you're looking at, uh, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? My mind just went blank. This is not good. This Ex- is life. Expenses, covering assets. No, not covering assets. Uh, oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Yes. When, you're, when you are uh, per- preparing for retiring and you're, you're thinking, okay, I've got two or three years left, four or five years left, oftentimes – the the contribution that you're making is not as significant as what you might think. 
Okay. Meaning that if you're not financially ready at 63 okay. to retire from an asset standpoint, okay. then a few years in your 401k is probably not going to get you there. Okay, I'm with you. You with me there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, mathematically, if you quantify someone's retirement, the extra two years of contribution is not going to all of a sudden allow you to be able to retire, assuming everything else stays the same. Right. Okay. So the few extra years of saving is actually not as monumental to the success of the plan. It's it's the early pressure that that is the biggest issue. Gotcha. Okay. So there are solutions on retiring early. There are ways to cover health insurance expenses. There are ways to prepare prepare for that if that's a goal. And I think what most people want to answer, the question they want to answer isn't, I want to retire. How do I do it at 55? It's, I want to know that I could retire. How can I get to a place mentally where I'm confident in a plan where I can say at 55, 58, 60, if I wanted to, I could. Mm -hmm. That's the question that has to be answered. Yeah. I call that like financial independence, right? It's like, not that I'm going to retire, but do I have the ability to, mm-hmm. right? And and that's a that's a very powerful point to get to, and a meaningful point to get to. That if you can answer answer that question, and you know the answer is yes. Peace of mind, you get a peace of mind knowing that you can actually do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, been a good show. Been a great show. All right. Well, listen, show. we're gonna wrap it up. Definitely stay with us. Come back next week. Check us out on our podcast, uh, YouTube channel and as well as uh, the Golden Life Radio Show here in Cartersville. Um, you got anything else? That's it? Pura Vida. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Retire early, maybe. Uh, you guys have a fantastic week. See you next week.